everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today we talk with former Massive Monkey Day footwork champion B-Boy Complex from Dance Brooms and the Hoods. It was really great to catch up with Ash and talk for about two hours on a variety of topics from his time with Oral Collective and how it's changed the way he approaches the dance now finding freedom from being boxed into a certain way of moving, laziness in the breaking community, pushing people to think deeper about the dance we do, and a whole lot more. Ash is someone who is passionate about moving the dance beyond just moves and competitions, and it was great to connect with someone on that level. There's a whole lot to explore, and hopefully our conversation made you think a bit about the other possibilities within the dance. If you want to support Ash and what he does, check out his social media accounts, which are all pretty much at Complex Breaks, or support him on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash complexbreaks. Thanks again to Ash for taking the time to chat, and hope you all enjoy the talk. Peace. Okay, everybody, we're here with Complex from Dance Brooms and Hoods. Complex is, uh, yeah, one of my fellow Canadians now. <laughs> I've been for a Canadian. while. But you're also part of- U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll forget about that. Uh, but Complex is also a member of a very exclusive club uh, that very few people are a member of. And uh, you have a very special ring. I don't know if you can see this. Oh, you brought yours out. Holy shit. You should have told me. I would have got mine. It's just sitting over there. I always, I, I leave it. I'll just leave it there. I, I actually, yeah, I use, I, I had mine up on the shelf with uh, some other, some other trophies, I guess. And then yeah. uh, I, I care about so much. I actually lock it up now. So oh, yeah. I keep it, I keep it locked up with my other jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> For people who can't see what we're talking about, it's the massive monkey day footwork championship champion four fingered ring, which I think yeah. There's only a few people that have that. Yeah, it's uh, EU box cutter J, I think. Yeah, J, whatever from France. Zession. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Free. He was the last one, right? Yeah. And then... Technically, free. Technically, free. I think has like two, but like they didn't have rings. Like two or when three. Was... <laughs> he should yeah, have he, two or three. He is like two or three, but like uh, I think he only got one because they didn't have the rings back then. Yeah, it was like they didn't start doing that for later. Well, but free is definitely like OG. Yeah, footwork champ. <laughs> I think there's Profo. Of course, Profo. And yeah. then didn't that guy? Battleborn guy, I forget his name. ATN? ATN? Oh, ATN. I he lost to um, Profo or something like that. Was that the year? I can't remember. I can't remember, but I remember he had a really good battle actually with your crewmate. Uh, Rory, right? Uh, Rory. Whew, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of good memories pretty high. of uh, Massive Monkey Day footwork battles and stuff. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely like a nerdy category. So <laughs> yeah, like... for sure. <laughs> I think, I think they do it. I don't know. They, they make it, I don't, I don't know how they did it, but like, and maybe it's my own personal bias of just being in the Northwest and always par participating in it. But I feel like they, they do a really good job of like hyping it up as like something special and, and getting people like the general audience to kind of like understand what they're watching is, is something interesting and difficult and, and challenging in its own way. And yeah. Like just talking yeah, to Joe sure. Rock uh, previously, he was talking about like that one time when I think like Heat Rock was doing a round to like get into the top eight. There was like a tiebreaker and he just did this crazy his footwork, but the crowd went nuts for it. Like as if he had done like this crazy blow up, like leg behind his head while, while spinning on his tongue or something like that or whatever. With like two backflips, right? With like, yeah double backflip while doing all that <laughs> and it was just footwork uh, yeah yeah i mean it's also energy right yeah when yeah. you have the hosts and the crew like kind of like being the advocates and like you know hyping the crowd of hmm. non-dancers and be like yo you don't understand this is crazy like hmm. you can't do this you need to make some noise and it's like you kind of feel the adrenaline and Heat Rock in general, you know, shout out to him. He always brings a lot of energy, even hmm. with like just his top rocks. Like he's yeah. a phenomenal dancer. So yeah, yeah. Um, I just realized I forgot to do this, but for anyone who doesn't know who you are, like, or just wants to get to know you a little deeper, do you mind doing just like a little introduction or whatever you want to say about yourself? Um. Yeah. Sure. Um, just My for the people. Is, for the people, for the people. <laughs> um, I guess a lot of people know me as Complex. Uh, my real name's Ash. Some people call me Complex Ash. You know, Ash is fine. Unless I don't know you, it's Complex. No, I'm just fine. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I've been dancing for like 22, 23 years. And yeah. uh, for the most part, it's been like Pacific Northwest. That's where my roots um, from dance started. Um, I helped be a part of the scene also by contributing and building two, two crews before uh, getting into dance rooms and our forming our family crew, which is the hoods. Uh, before that, I made uh, Battle Reflex with some friends. Uh, that's back you were part of Battle Reflex? I made that crew. <laughs> Not just me though. I don't want to be like, I don't yeah, want to yeah, be yeah. like, yo, I made that crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I was one of the beginning. Uh, it was like me, Fumi, Stick, um, Dustin, aka Catfish, and uh, man, you know, uh, Christian, of course, mm -hmm. Peter, Recipes Peter, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, we just, we made that crew. They're more Seattle-based, Battle Reflex. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after that, um, I made Misguided Steps. And, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I made I made those two crews. Um, you know, time. You know, my time with them was kind of like coming to an end at different mm -hmm. times. You mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, I wanted to pursue things uh, in a different route. Some people didn't want to dance as much. Some people wanted to dance in a different direction. Whatever the case is uh after that i went solo for a long time actually i was just i was kind of just always battling with um a lot of the people in dance rooms 
um, me and uh, Josh, aka Carnage, we used to battle in two on twos all the time. Uh, me and Germs, uh, Woody. I know Woody was on your thing too, not too long ago. So, um, yeah, we were always battling in Janique, and uh, a few of the members and dance moves were like, yo, we should put Ash down. But they were very hesitant to put me down mm. because it's always been just seven, right? Mm. They never expanded, never wanted to grow. It was like the original seven, mm -hmm. and that was that. And then, um, yeah, finally, I guess I, I I broke it. I broke their ideals on that, and I am the last member of Dance Brooms, and uh, we're all old. So you were the last person. <laughs> Yeah, I know for a long time we were thinking about putting down a couple of the younger ones, but then like, um, I don't know, stuff just didn't, didn't work out or, mm. you know, it's, you, you know, when you teach kids, you know, you kind of have to let the kids like figure, figure if they want to stick with it because, mm. you know, some people just want to break just because like, yeah, you know, you're trying to impress somebody, um, but like, not for the culture they're mm -hmm. not understanding the community and they end up just being like a one two-year dancer and that's it right uh but yeah i'm the yeah i was the last one put down and uh there's eight of us we like say the grade eight and uh now i'm in canada <laughs> yeah yeah um i was living in tacoma for a very long time uh most of my career career whatever that means as a dancer um which is south of seattle and uh yeah i moved up to canada living in vancouver um i'm actually in your uh <laughs> original squad that you made up uh oro um we're working on a bunch of projects right now uh that is not a breaking crew that is more of a uh a mix i would say I don't want to say contemporary because that feels like boxing it in, but it takes like maybe you should be getting the original. Yeah. But I feel like it takes like some of the street dance elements or cultures and different um, practices and incorporates it with kind of like the theater environment with like um, some of the quote unquote professional dancers, ballet, modern, contemporary, yeah. et cetera. Um, yeah, so. That's definitely a different outlook as a dancer, very eye-opening. Um, mm -hmm. I don't even look at breaking the same anymore, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, that was my 22nd intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, cool. that was like way up. That was like 20 minutes. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like, uh, just stuff, just kind of going off of that. Like, Oro... And not just oral, but it was like meeting other people that were in that world that are outside of breaking and stuff like that. Mm. Like you said, yes. it really changed your the way your way of thinking about breaking or dance and whatever. It's the same thing with me. Like I don't, I can't see breaking the same way anymore. Like it's it's one of those what is paradigm shifts kind of thing. Like yeah, you, know, you yeah. fundamentally um, see it a different way. For sure, and then also. I, I was always like in the beginning, I was always with Oro with you guys in mm -hmm. your rehearse, rehearsals. 
Um, you you were like was. our unofficially a rehearsal director, we, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the that was the like ongoing joke, and I'd be like, "Nah, you guys need to change this." Or, "Nah, that's not really working." <laughs> Whatever. But it, you know, it's like, who am I? Like, you know, there are other people who have different styles that I am not proficient in. So it's like, for me, it was just an aesthetics thing with what I felt. But um, being there in the beginning and seeing how you guys have like went from milky sessions to like what you know is going on now is like it's very interesting because mm -hmm. even then even though I wasn't in it I was influenced by it by just uh participating the way I was participating because like right. it made me really I don't know like like you said paradigm shift like I was just breaking just seemed so uh it's, it felt like I was being very boxed in and mm -hmm. uh I see all these other dancers that like they don't even look at labels. They don't even, you know, all, all dance styles definitely have their foundation. You have mm -hmm. to have your, your foundation for any kind of practice and skill. But outside of that, they were very free, very open to like not worrying about the parameters of being so traditional, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The case. yeah. So the way that I kind of think about it is, uh, yeah, it's a lot like I guess how maybe some people would think of MMA and and just like I guess that's sort of become its own thing now and its own like whatever way of fighting sort of but it's sort of like you know it's not any one particular style there's some one some styles that will kind of be more influential or they're more effective or something like that but whatever mm -hmm. people have their own background that they started in and that that kind of is like part of their foundation like some people have a karate base or some people have like a taekwondo or whatever so they might lean heavier into kicks or some people are wrestlers and grapplers and whatever but like they experiment and they take what's the most like effective way to do this thing in this situation or whatever and i kind of feel like this is, that's the same thing with not just oral, like lots of people have done this, but just when you start to think yeah. of dance as like less about this style or this style or this style and more about, I just want to move. And this is the type of music that's happening. What's the best way to move to this or, or what happens when you take this style and put it in this context, how does it change the movement or something like that or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I agree. It's, it's interesting because again, uh, going off the analogy, like, you know, if you started off as a boxer and you just are used to striking, but then you're put in an environment where now you're not restricted to just using your hands. You can use the rest of your body mm -hmm. in a fight. Well, yo, I might be really good at boxing, but you know, I'm not used to someone's leg being longer than my arm. Mm -hmm. take my head off you know so like there has to be some kind of uh, adaptability i think in those situations and being a part of like some you know i, I would say almost like symbiotic collective where like you're definitely kind of like um you're grabbing and learning things from all these different um genres of dance mm -hmm. i think yeah you just start kind of morphing into um your just raw interpretation of music mm -hmm. uh raw raw interpretation of 
how you feel. Like, I, I think a big part of that is invoking emotions and expressing it. And, um, you know, a lot of times, even rehearsal, like when we're working on stuff, we're, we're not necessarily even listening to music, but it's just like, we're listening to each other, uh, each other as what their intention is or what our intention is for this, this part or this, you know, this section, right? So it's like, you know, when I'm thinking about this or whatever the project is or whatever calls calls for, it's like, how do I feel? How's, how does it make me feel? Okay, how does that physically make me feel? You know, and then kind of like just going into that and then putting music on top of it. And then you're just like, oh, you know, this song makes me, it, it like either exponentially makes me feel the same way I, I was feeling about this part or it completely changes. Yeah. But being open to it is I think the, is the biggest learning piece and just being more open and receptive. Um, yeah, man, like I, <laughs> even when I practice now or when I, uh, you know, do my own stuff, you know, because I'm on, you know, shameless plug on Patreon also, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but when I do my stuff, like I'm really like internalizing what I feel and then, um, the stuff that like um like the videos i make or um, mm -hmm. even the sessions i record i'm not i'm not thinking about breaking like i'm thinking about the music i'm thinking about like i don't know like i've been doing this for so long how do i take what i've been doing for so long and still make it interesting for me because i think everyone gets to that point where like it's not necessarily you want to quit, but you want you want to hit that spark again. You want to be provoked into like testing yourself, provoked into experimenting again, um, and it it kind of like builds more culture in your own dance. So it's yeah, it's very eye opening with the stuff I've been doing lately. I guess. Yeah, I think that's a that's a i don't want to i don't want this to get like too too deep and we're just like yeah nerding like, out but like i can already we, sense we can going. get existential if we want to get existential <laughs> we but, can go there. but you know like i think it's just the main thing that i want to bring up and i think that most people could probably in some senses uh like identify with this kind of thing that like you said like you we always kind of need these, you, you do something and you'll reach, I don't know, like a plateau or something, or just something feels stagnant or something like that. And you need these things mm -hmm. to kind of like reinvigorate it with anything, not just dance, whatever. It's like yeah. your, your job or relationship or whatever your life. And it's like, you always need these, these little new things to, to make it interesting and fresh again, somehow. Right. Or just yeah. to give you, I, even to give you like perspective on what you already were doing and have, and to make you realize like something new about what you were already doing, maybe, you know? Yeah. And I think also it's, it's interesting because I'm on this side of like the timeline, right? I'm, you know, I'm so many years in to breaking mm -hmm. and then I, 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 a lot of times reflect back and I think about like, younger self and like 
you know, you're so anxious, you're so excited and you want to like do everything. But I also remember the times where it's like, you, you, you can feel lost and you don't, you don't know your purpose in the dance. And I think I see that's where like a lot of young, uh, a lot of dancers fall off and, or like, you know, you always hear, oh yeah, I used to break in high school. You know, you always hear that story. Oh yeah. And then they like try to bust out a backspin try to be funny. And you're just like, yeah, you may have did it for a couple of years, but you quit, you know, mm-hmm. you quit because, you know, you didn't have that spark even at that time in the beginning. So I, I feel like that's an ongoing struggle. But as you get older and you build up your vocabulary in anything, like you said, if it's a relationship or if it's like your job, after so many years, you're proficient at it. You've been, you're, you're bored with it or like you just don't, you have so much information about this, this subject matter that you just like, kind of like, well, what else do I do? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's where you also get kind of like this dichotomy of like older dancers being bitter towards like the younger generation because it's like, oh, back in my day, we didn't have, you know, uh, sponsorships. We didn't have all these opportunities. You know, we can make this a job. I had to work 40 hours and I was still dancing for mm. or whatever. So I think it's, you know, it's interesting to like, I don't know, just reflect. It's just, it, it, it's so circular. Like there's so many ideas that are so circular in um, the way you think about dance and uh, I guess your approach with it, so. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, that's another good point to bring up though. It's just like, yeah, just the, I don't know. I just want to touch on that like generation thing and um, oh yeah yeah for sure you know you want me to talk shit about the old generation no 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 it's, just, <laughs> no. it's, it's come up a lot recently especially with you know just the shift of like well, what's the direction of say breaking or whatever where should where is it going and that kind oh, of stuff you want to talk about that no, 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 okay. well, I mean, <laughs> because i know I just, the olympics are coming to japan and you know there is breaking in the olympics and that is like that is like a 50 50 i i see both sides of it yeah for sure but i i'm ta- i guess what i'm getting at more is uh it's stuff that i see maybe he's just he's just the most vocal guy but <laughs> like guys like renegade and uh his whether you agree with him or not i think you can't really disagree with what he's saying about if you want something to change like whatever you think it should be do something about it and make it into that way that you think it should be. So if you think it should be more professional, make it more professional. And like, you know, he's him and other people are pushing like, what are like actually really figuring out what are we judging on in this, like really trying to think of a deep and whatever in the system of how it's judged or the uh, like, what are the maybe potential pitfalls that it could, come into if people are coaching and they're judging yeah that's a conflict of interest or if they're whatever yeah just like you know being proactive and and actively trying to build what a potential path and that's not to say that's the only path that it should be but like people are being active about 
trying to do something or like what Moy and Break Free and all those people are doing and, you know, staying true to the culture that they, they know while still trying to like push it to be bigger or people like Outbreak organizers, IBE organizers, all these people, mm. you know, it's easy to just be like, well, this is, this is whack and this is the way it should be and stuff like that. But like, well, what are you doing to actually push it into the direction that you think it should go? Yeah, yeah that's, you know, Renegade's also, he's, uh, I've had talks with him and like, he's a very analytical guy. You know, mm -hmm. that's just his background right mm -hmm. you know that he's like a physicist or something isn't he yeah exactly so his his approach on it is definitely like you know you're looking for results then you need to produce something right be proactive like you said and i agree with what what you're saying like if you think i don't know if you don't think as an example like if you don't think breaking should be in the, in the olympics okay then where should it be and how what are you doing to push it in that direction because like that's the problem everyone has something to say about it but it's the movers and the shakers that are doing it like you brought up break free um you know i i love jeremy's approach we've had i've had talks with jeremy about like dance and like the vibe feeling just he's a very much an artistic person mm -hmm. and i resonate with that a lot and it's um it's dope to see someone that has that same artistic view and still again like you said try to create a platform to uh you know to to make it bigger right um that's i think the ultimate goal is like we're we're trying to we're not just trying to survive as dancers we're trying to thrive I mean, if you want to do the comparison of like the hip hop comparison, like I always hear is like, you know, rappers are like millionaires, but dancers are backup dancers. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we're all from like a hip hop culture, but then like one element seems to be constantly pushing their boundaries and thriving while we're fighting amongst ourselves. And then we depreciate for like 10 years and then we come back and then it's like, oh, we're trying to evolve. We're trying to grow. And then it, crumbles down again yeah. so there's like this weird thing uh, especially in breaking which i don't understand every yeah every decade it like changes or uh, or you know recesses it goes into a recession and it like drops off and it's uh you know there's so many different elements that can play into that uh you know it could be ego it could be like uh you know big part of it actually is like a lot of a lot of b-boys and b-girls mostly b-boys because it's mostly b-boys in the beginning they're just lazy like yo we're <laughs> lazy dancers man yeah. like yeah, yeah 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 yo you know it's like i just want to get up eat a cheeseburger and break and then chill <laughs> hang out you know it's like yeah that was cool like when you were 18 but like yo yeah. i can't I can't eat a hamburger and then go out and like start practicing mm -hmm. or like I can't go out and like get mad drunk and then just like next day go to a jam and expect to win. Mm -hmm. Now don't get me wrong, there are definitely outliers and there are people that can do that. But 
that goes into play with like, okay, if you want to be more professional, is that a professional look? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That's not. Yeah. So I think it's like, for the most part, like as a, as a community, as a culture, obviously not all of us, but a majority of us, we're lazy. We're fucking lazy. Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> even, I mean, even if you look at other street dance styles, right? you know they they structure their foundation and they drill drill and drill like i know this just because i've been you know i've been doing uh eric squidget in oro he always has like a warm-up routine that's very much very similar on his popping and his popping his ticks are strong and it's because he has this regiment and this drill that he keeps pushing out and i think that's a part of the reason why for me like I started getting really drawn into footwork because footwork is like, you can drill it, right? Mm. All right, six step is six step. But like, are you drilling your six step? Is it looking clean? Like, are you like, are you thinking about each step when you're doing it to be as powerful as the first step when you, you know, hear that song? You know, like if I'm doing 10 sets of six step and I'm just drilling it, by the tenth one, am I exhausted? Is it looking sloppy? Mm. I don't know because, like, you know, b boys are lazy. You know, we just don't be drilling like we we need to be. As an example of like, I guess, um, work ethic. But again, there's there's outliers, right? There's people that that do drill, that do you know thrive on um, competition amongst themselves or with others. And they start drilling and then you see them exponentially get better right i think that needs to be the same work ethic when it comes to going back to the example you were saying with renegade with if you want it to go this way if you want to be in the olympics then you need to create a path forge a path to go into the olympics and if you don't want it to go that way forge a path to go, you know, into whatever ciphers or whatever the case is, whatever yeah. route you want to create. You just got to do the work is the thing. Yeah. And like, you know, I thought about <clears throat> just talking about like, say alternative paths, like what's the right way for something to go or whatever. And like breaking for a while has leaned heavily into like the competition aspect of it. Right. Yeah. And uh, competitions and are whack, by the way. Yeah, straight <laughs> up competitions are whack now. Like, I understand we had a pandemic, but um, yo, these online e battles and all this other stuff, that shit is corny. Like, I can't do it. Like, I respect anyone that's trying to do it. And, you know, that's, you know, that's the future. But, like, I can't, I can't even watch it. Like, it just doesn't yeah. feel, it doesn't feel real to me. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that just, I, every, every time I like, I, I don't try to be on social media too much. So when I am on social media, it's, I'm usually like promoting my own stuff. And like, and when I post all of a sudden I see this flood of like people's submissions for some kind of e-battle or something. And I'm like, yo. <laughs> I just posted this one thing, like a trolling trolling entry into like bed bedroom breaks <laughs> battle or something like that. <laughs> but that's funny <laughs> bedroom <laughs> break sounds funny <laughs> but uh but i yeah i totally agree with you like i i think most people don't really enjoy online battles but 
you know, it's just the time that we're in and like people want to compete. Right. So that's like the only option. And I don't, I don't see them like sticking around as the main thing. Like some people might continue yeah. them maybe, but even then, like, I no, see, I, no, I can't I, see I agree people doing that. I, I see it falling off as soon yeah. as everyone gets vaccinated and outside's open, like for real open, like yeah. people are going to be flying everywhere and competing yeah. just like it was before, especially now because it's <laughs> like, everyone's got this pent up angst because mm -hmm. it's been like one, two years of like lockdown in various mm -hmm. countries. And finally, when the you know floodgates open, everyone's be like, hype, job in the lab, I'm about to go crazy, you know, and just like, <laughs> you know, yep. bust out my flares. You don't even know, man. Yeah, but I think, and this is kind of coming back to that competition aspect of like, or just whatever, what events should be or whatever, that kind of thing. And I think a big mm -hmm. thing, that touches on it is like yeah people like to compete but i feel like maybe it's my own bias i don't know but i feel like a big part of these comp these events is the social aspect of like you go there and you just meet new people and you get to interact with new people you get to become part of this like larger community or something like that even if you're like a you're crazy into like competitions and stuff like that it's like you're you're building networks of friends or or just people like depending what you want to do if you want to just chill like you got people to chill with in like other countries that you and just memories that you're making and stuff like that and like competition is yeah. great and there's a separate memories that get made from that but like all of my best memories are like just vibing with people or like after the jam or during the jam and just catching up with someone I hadn't seen in a while or whatever, like, and especially as I get older, like the competition aspect of it, becomes like less important. And I think it's also just a generational thing. Like when you're young, you are kind of like, you got something to prove and you're trying to do something and make your name and stuff. And so like competitions can be a great way or even like cipher competitions, like, in a way that's mm -hmm. its own separate competition or whatever unofficial yeah. competition but like you know it's more about trying to prove something whatever and just like i'm older now and i like just don't really like care about making a name for myself or something like that like proving that i gotta do something it's just like i just like moving and i realize like it's just a fun thing to do and like if other people are doing it we can share in that too like that's that's something special and we're not trying to like one-up each other in a in a ego kind of way like you can you can one-up yeah, each other in like yeah. a you know check this out oh that's dope check this out check this out check this out kind of thing like yeah or even like getting inspired on the spot and like flipping something that's yeah yeah. Did. yeah you know it's like a. it goes back to uh the social aspect like you're communicating in your dance right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah it's just um you know some people a lot of people it's like the competition also has big cash rewards right and yeah. some people are looking to like have that financial support yeah like i feel like that's short, that's short term like that's short term for sure because i know a lot of people that win that money they blow that money in like in two seconds and yeah. like you know that's them living you know trying to live their best life in that moment yeah but like you said my favorite 
things about jams, competitions is uh, traveling, meeting people, uh, building those relationships and networks uh, is like, it's like an un, it's like a invisible trophy, right? You know, yeah. you're meeting all these people and it's like, oh, I gained, I gained uh, a new person, you know, a new person that vibes with me or like I met someone that were like-minded and then we're not even talking about dance anymore. Like we're just hanging out. We find out we have similar interests in like, you know, culture, like music and like uh, shows, movies, uh, video games, life, whatever the case is. Like there is like similarities and it's like now you can see yourself in the reflection of that other person and you're like, you don't feel alone. You're like, oh, I really do fit in this community because there are people like me that are like just, you know, do, trying to do the same thing that I'm doing. And then I think that built that building of the community is like the backbone for a lot of dancers, especially like for, you know, just mental capacity, just like to be like mentally happy and like know that someone else is like going through my same struggles or knowing that someone else thinks the way I think like it's just it's a refreshing thing mm -hmm. uh yeah I don't, I don't even care about the battle anymore like yeah I lost first round or I lost in the finals and man it was so close but who cares man the after party was crazy yeah. you know yeah. I got to hang out I had and you know get to have a lot of times you get to have great conversations with people that maybe you grew up like admiring you know or like learning from and building relationships even with um you know the elder the the older generation and i think that's where that generation to generation like knowledge gets passed down also yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's an important one passing the knowledge yeah i really I'm, think that's I'm, something that like either younger people need to be more active in seeking and especially now with like the technology that's available that's part of like one of the reasons why i have this podcast is to record people's stories and just record their knowledge and it's just out there and it's available mm -hmm. um yeah and you know it's a lot too of it's to but, get through but, <laughs> but the technology yeah i don't know but the technology is so readily available so mm -hmm. now like we're living in a two-minute bubble where like everybody's yeah, like, that's true. not entertained in 10 seconds i'm moving on yeah so the situation is people are taking the knowledge not you know i'm saying majority of people are taking um they're taking it for granted and like i remember digging looking for vhs types trying to get like even beta tapes of like you know old school breaking and like mm -hmm. just learn mm -hmm. like i couldn't even meet these people because i never thought about traveling when i was a kid mm -hmm. i thought about like oh i gotta get that vhs so i could see what that guy did or like yeah. i heard this battle was crazy you know and um it was it's like something in the mindset of of people like as soon as something's hard to attain I gotta have it, you know what I mean? Like now everybody has, you know, the information or can just look it up online and they don't really care. Not as like when I was coming up, it's just, it's it was so much harder to get anything back then. And like, 
some things I only saw with my own eyes and it's like, I, I have to tell people about it. And I think that's what creates that lineage of like that legendary history. Yo, I was there when Kenny and K-Mel were battling. It was wild, man, you don't understand. And it's like, you know, people just, they get inspired just by those words and like, yo, what, what's going on, right? And, <laughs> you know, like now it's like, oh yeah, it's on YouTube, man. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But they're like, I don't care. If it's on YouTube, I'll, I'll look at it later. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, it's, the it's just pros and cons, right? Of, of yes, yes. The technology that we have now. And you know, there's like yeah, pros and cons of back then, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think, like you said, like doing stuff like this, having like some kind of uh, recording, some kind of history, whether it's podcasts, videos, whatever the case is, is important. You know, you're keeping up with technology, but you're also creating that timeline for people. Yeah, well, it's, it comes back to that kind of thing of like, what do you, what do you think is or where do you want the scene to go or something like that and like i don't i personally don't like the push towards just like it's all about athleticism and and uh, who can do this who can do the most the fastest jump the highest the hardest in the fastest who can do it the hardest and that kind of thing like sure i know i'm not saying people aren't allowed to do that but it's not what i'm interested in like i've always been interested in the the way that people think like i remember when i was young when i was starting out yeah i'd watch videos and look at how people are moving but i also some of the stuff that really stuck with me was interviews with people and like interviews with like ken swift and he's talking about how he used to lay write out all his his moves and stuff and set them out at practice and he had like all these different papers and he just run through them it's like his way of thinking about whatever or the like, interviews with Poe one and he's talking about like understanding the history of the song to get like the feeling of where it comes from and that'll translate into your dance or something like that whatever right like those are the things that always stuck with me the most or or even just like you know uh things like outside of like breaking breaking you know what i mean yeah like so I, yeah that's I, yeah I, yeah go ahead i agree i i, I think uh i think what really makes, I don't know, kind of like to put a ribbon on the whole thing about it is I think everyone's worried about the end product. Mm. You know what I mean? Everyone is just worried about hitting that hardest, fastest, most difficult, you know, move or whatever. And they're just thinking about end product, end product, end product, and they're skipping over the culture of it yeah i think that's the biggest problem is like there's this uh, instant gratification man and people just want to be the best mm -hmm. i don't yeah. even want to be the best i tell i tell kids it's like i want to be the best like <laughs> i look at like you know like a florida b-boy uh kevo kevo is like if people know who Kevo is, they know that Kevo is the man, but like he hasn't been in the scene for so long. He's been behind the scenes, um, so instrumental in the Florida scene, in breaking in general. Mm -hmm. 
And it's funny because like, even though he's not in the scene, he still practices, he still does his own thing. And he can probably still smoke a lot of these dancers, you know, but like, because you don't see it and you don't hear about this person, you think they don't exist. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing that, those are the type of people I kind of respect is like, yo, I can just say, forget all this. I do this for me. And, you know, I'm purely happy being here on, you know, the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. into the unknown, unseen, and still doing exactly what I was doing before and be happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Though that's, that's like a very, that's a big admirable thing because like it really goes against the grain of what a lot of breaking is ego and mm -hmm. like, to go completely opposite of ego and just be free kind of mm -hmm. falls back into like that freedom of expression. Like I'm not doing it to like win the crowd, win the votes, win the money or anything. I'm just doing it because I really am about it. I really love it. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That freedom of expression and you know, I think that's a. I think that's a really hard thing for people to really wrap their heads around. Maybe is like just when we talk about ego, and you know, it's it's not just like having a big head and like uh, I think I'm the best and that kind of thing. But it's just it's like you said, like you're you're letting go of that desire to like to impress people or have some kind of status or have some kind of whatever like image of yourself and what you think you should be doing or whatever. And it's just like, just really letting go and just being and be free. Like I didn't get that. Like there's an old interview. It's like a break vision or something interview with remind. And it was like, mm. you know, they talk about whatever, blah, 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 blah. And at the end it's like, so what are you, what are you, what are your goals or something like that for the future? I forget what the question was, but his answer was just like, I just want to be free. I just want to dance and be free. And I was like, when I was younger, I did, I didn't get what that meant. What did he mean by free? Mm -hmm. Like, and now that I'm older and I just, you, you have more experiences and you just, you've maybe even seen that kind of almost in some ways, futile chase of, of fame and, and, making the name that kind of thing of like yeah, yeah, yeah whatever like i'm not knocking people who who are trying to do that but like yeah you know it just wasn't for me and and now i get that kind of feeling of oh yeah just enjoying the dance for what it is and that, that freedom of expressing and moving how you want to move and and especially doing stuff with oro that that made it even more clear of like man, there's so many possibilities and so many ways to move and that I never thought about because it was boxed into this, this is breaking yeah. that kind of thing. And then it just became part of the fun was just like, and I think that's part of what makes breaking fun is even though we say that it's boxed in, in a lot of ways, it's, it's really open. Like, cause it, cause no, it I, doesn't, I, cause it doesn't have that set rigid foundation yeah you know so in some ways it has that 
crazy it, open fun. you can do anything like it's weird yeah no 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 i agree like you you're absolutely right the thing that i love about breaking is it is so free and it is so open what creates the box is our own thought process of what breaking should be mm -hmm. we box ourselves into something that's already naturally just like the foundation yes there is foundation yes you should learn it but like there's so many different ways you can like interpret it and there's so many different ways of you like even changing it and evolving your own foundation into like new foundation but again uh we get fundamentalists we act like fundamentalists and we end up start restricting ourselves and putting ourselves in this box yeah and i I, it's just ironic. It's just irony. The fact that is like, when you first learn how to break, you don't know anything and you just like wilding out. And it's like the most freeing, uninhibited feelings that are coming out and expression. And then as soon as you start digging and you start learning about the culture and learning about the foundation, you're like, okay, let me start adding these words to my vocabulary mm. so I can speak to others so they can understand me. But then we get caught up in that. And then all of a sudden we're just like, all right, now I need to start boxing myself in here. You know, I can't be doing isolations like that because I'm not a popper or that's not breaking. Or, you know, uh, you, you could take it as a traditional dance. It's like, you know, I can't, I can't be turned out like a ballet dancer because that looks weird and breaking or whatever the case is, right? um we restrict ourselves i don't <laughs> it's 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 very much a paradox um because we come into it so free and then like we restrict ourselves it's like we we create our own prison and then once we're complete in building our own walls we're like oh wait i don't want to be in here and then we have to take our walls down when in the beginning we didn't even have those restrictions <laughs> so it's like I don't know. It's like we become our own prison guards and then we have to yeah. break ourselves out. It's yeah. It makes no sense to me, but I see it all the time. Yeah. With a lot of dancers when they get older. Yeah. I always kind of think of that like you're always riding this fine line of like uh the easiest way to put it is just like order and chaos. And you could think of it as like creativity and and freedom and and more structure and whatever foundation foundation let's, that kind let's of use yeah everyone wants something to like use that foundation right as the word yeah yeah you have so, to have your foundation yeah so it's like and i wonder how much of this is like depending on the person's kind of like personality or how they were brought up or whatever that kind of thing like people will lean more into one way or the other of like it's just their way of thinking like well, you know, breaking should be this way. And they're more like kind of, you might be able to even see it in the rest of their life. Like they're maybe more like kind of orderly or something like that. Who knows? I wonder how much or that it could even, Or it could even be the opposite, right? Like, let's say my life is really orderly, but then like when I break, it's pure chaos. Uh, yes. Because that's like, that's my, that's my release. That's my, mm -hmm. like, I don't have to control anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's, it can play either direction. Um, I, I think, however, the person goes goes back to what you're saying. It depends how the people, the person thinks. Yeah. If they're thinking, I have to control this part of my life, compartmentalize that to be in order, 
and then in breaking i have to be like uncontrolled you know then that's my approach and or if like i'm just a control freak and i have to control everything then it's like i'm you know i have to be super foundational i have to make sure i hit a b and c and then also my life is organized and color coordinated yeah but sorry coming back to that like that balance is a delicate balance of like Mm you know uh you know if things are too free it's just, there's no structure and it's just like what the hell is going on you don't even know what it is right so there has to be some some structure in some order but it can't be too orderly because then it's like you said we're, we're talking getting too restrictive and like you can only do these things and you can only go this way and stuff like that and so you know i think i think that maybe that's why stuff like oro or or just when i was learning breaking just being exposed to because when i started i the guy that i started with was a popper and a lot of the first dances that i met were poppers and i didn't even know breakers before that that was what i was surrounded by and then mm-hmm. like watching videos and yeah you'd see like freestyle session you'd see whatever but i also saw detours and like those guys just I don't even know if they (laughs) would call what they do breaking or popping or whatever. It's like, that's Midas. He's doing Midas and that's Rob Zilla and he's doing uh, Rob Zilla and that kind of thing. Like, so it's like, again, like they have their influences and the things that there are their foundation, but they're, they're exploring what is, what is me? (laughs) What is like my way? That kind of thing. And like, I guess that's getting into like true, style like your style that kind of thing yeah but you can't you can't get there without some sense of like foundation Mm -hmm. and ways of moving and also having that element of just like free exploration and and no restrictions kind of thing it's like the two together help you with on that find that path yeah it's like you know you foundation is like crawling you know before you walk you know you can't can't walk until you learn right so in order to learn that you have to have the foundational understanding um it's i always like using the analogy of words you know if i yell a bunch of like big words but they like don't stick together they don't make sense or they're not even coherent in a sentence then i'm not saying anything but then it's like when someone teaches me how to write a sentence or how to speak then now people understand me it's i i feel like it's a communication thing it's just the physical um the physical replication of our communication Mm -hmm. and if people want to know that i'm foundationally sound then you know that's what i'll speak um other people like to get in you know dig deeper in themselves like you know and sometimes that requires them to get uh to get weird you know and to step out of the comfort zone um even during the even the during the times where detours came out and uh originality stands alone there was a lot of there was a lot of people in the community that didn't even like that or didn't even see it as breaking it but like they were true to them right and like you said when you see Midas dance you're like yo that's Midas 
like you don't even you know it's like it's not even breaking it's just like yo that's midas you know and that's like it's not whatever like it's just midas yeah it's like it's it's the physical embodiment of himself and expressing Mm -hmm. himself and like that's really cool like i you know i i hope that's for me that i hope that's what people want to do i know that i can't dictate that that is what needs to happen because again breaking means something different to other people some people see it as a competitional thing or a athletic thing you know like you know you don't know their history you know some people could be like growing up i was always a fat kid and then i found breaking and saved my life and i'm in great shape and i took care of my body because i love breaking and i'm like yo cool power to you but for me it's like I found breaking like <laughs> I found breaking from my friend that skates. You know, my friend was a skater and he did like a swipe and I was like, "Yo, what is that?" <laughs> and then <laughs> what did you just do? Cuz I suck at skating, <laughs> but that that was crazy. And like that's how I found breaking. Mm-hmm. I didn't even find it from like, you know, some like dance class or from some uh og uh b-boy that you know i happened to come across it was legitimately this skater that he enjoyed skating but then he also enjoyed breaking and it's like Mm -hmm. oh shit like what is that you know can you teach me and then you know i fell in love with it that was it and the story now i'm just trying to find myself in it Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah i really think you know breaking or just whatever people's interests are but we're talking about breaking now it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people right and i think you know that's it's kind of coming i guess full circle now like talking we were talking about the olympics and renegade and stuff at the beginning and just kind of one of the things that he's mentioned too which i i agree with is like people saying oh breaking's not a sport it's not this which is sure you could you can make that argument but at the same time like you know it's not it it depends like what that what it means to you right to some people it's not a sport to others it is to others like and there is that sports element to it like or like athletic element to it right yeah there's physical work there's physical work like uh, the entry point for breaking is so much higher than a yeah. lot of the other street street styles so yeah. i i i get it you know yeah. people can see it as an athletic thing yeah like i i don't i you know that's not the path that i personally wanted to go but you know again like i people can do it means different things to different people right if that's something that yeah. gets people into breaking and there's people that enjoy that path you know perfect and that's great and if hopefully there's some overlap that people who maybe get into it because of that, they see this other side, the culture side, the social aspect of it and this kind of thing, or just the, the, the artistic side of like just creating and enjoying the exploration, like what we were talking about, like, you know, I hope there's some overlap that, that it's not only focused on this one aspect. And that again, comes back to people taking the initiative and not being lazy and, and creating 
the stuff that they want to see in the culture and promoting and pushing it and and i guess in a healthy way without trying to just be like you know uh it's got to be one or the other you gotta you gotta take <laughs> yeah, this yeah, one yeah. down for this one to come up like the zero sum what is it yeah. zero sum game kind of mentality yeah. yeah it's it's definitely sh shades of gray you know um there's a lot of things about competition i like and um i can also see the positive for you know even as an example uh, for the breaking in the olympics there's a lot of positives in that because it raises the awareness of breaking to non-dancers to the general public right everybody loves basketball because public you know public people see basketball but the thing is for me basketball at the end of four quarters as an example whoever has more points wins the game end of story there's no argument there now the judging system in breaking the uh decisions on what is rated at this score compared to this score are all ambiguous and that's the thing that i i can't understand um i don't have a solution for yeah uh as trying to you know if somebody does five air flares and that's 10 points but then someone does like original footwork and that's four points the, the person that's into footwork is always going to lose. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if we're holding certain things higher than other things in the dance. So yeah. I just don't understand like the, I don't understand how the judging system could be similar to something like, uh, like a points-based game uh, such as basketball or tennis or whatever the case is. So, you know, the only other thing I could think of in the Olympics that could be similar is uh, figure skating. Figure skating is is kind of ambiguously judged, but then if you look at recent history, even that is kind of like getting gamed. Whoever hits the most triple axles always ends up winning, right? Yeah. Isn't that equivalent to the person that hits the most air flares or the most like uh, 90s or spins or whatever, mm -hmm. right? So- Well, even I figure just, skating too, like as far as I'm aware, there's certain things that they have to do in a in a run in a in their round in a, in a round like yeah, like yeah they yeah. have to do a spin or they have i don't know what the terms are but as far as i'm aware i could be wrong but it's like even no, that think, has, has been structured in a certain way that there is sort of a not formula but there's certain things that you have to do no, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I can't agree with that. I think formula is the right word. Like yeah. A plus B plus C equals, mm -hmm. you know, the winner, right? Mm -hmm. And if I don't want to do B, I'm destined to more likely not win mm -hmm. in the eyes of the judges. So until the judging system becomes less ambiguous, I think that's when you'll see um, breaking to be, I guess, more... I guess, realistically approachable in kind of like that environment. Um, but again, they are the ones that are making the moves. Whoever is pushing for breaking in the Olympics, they are successful. They're, it's in the Olympics, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, there are plenty of people supporting that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the people that don't want that need to, again, make their own path and do their own thing.
Um, I see this ha like going back to what I was saying, where I feel like it's uh, it's like a circle. In the '80s, breaking got super oversaturated, played out, and die kind of like died out in the '90s, and it kind of like became like this underground thing, like a subculture thing, right? In the '90s, the rumblings of breaking was still around, but wasn't as big um, as a platform as in the '80s. You know, you hear all these older people that you know, talk about, oh, you guys still break? I thought that was like in the 80s. Like yeah, that's yeah. the, that's because the platform was so big during that time. Then comes the 2000s and all of a sudden it starts brewing back up. And then we have like, you know, these opportunities with these investors, um, you know, like we had the Silverback Advance, we have kind of like all these things that are kind of like propelling us to go higher and higher, which also led the pathway to breaking the Olympics, I feel that we're going to get to a point where it's kind of like a bubble, it's going to pop, right? And then it's going to die out again. And it's going to go back into the kind of like the subculture underground thing. And unfortunately, like the thing for me is, I'm looking at a bigger picture, I don't want that to keep happening. Going back to like the hip hop, the elements comparison, rappers in the late 70s and 80s, you know, we're just rapping on the corners of the streets and they were rapping about stuff in their life. And, you know, the, you know, it was, it, it was the culture and compared to now, like it is a, an industry, you know, like it is, let's, you know, hip hop rap music is, is the pop popular music. It's pop music right now. Everybody wants, you know, to live the life of a rapper, make millions of dollars, et cetera, et cetera. If we don't look at our timeline and see that we're actually not growing, we're just constantly devolving our own industry, our own culture, we're never going to get past this. Yeah. Like you're looking at like what is it 40, 50, 60 years? And it's, you know, like backup dancers still don't make as much as, you know, you know, rappers. Like I, I, I hate using the comparison of money and finance as like the, the path to success. But um, the realist side of me is like the people that have that, that financial backing also have the power to change things on a bigger scale. And we're never gonna change things on a bigger scale until we have that power. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I think some of that too is just like, uh, you kind of touched on it a bit of like public perception. You know, what do they think breaking is? Or what do they think dance is? And like, maybe, and I've said this before, I, I kind of think like North America has this view of, because there kind of is, you know, North America was like founded by there were people who were here before like uh you know americans and, and like uh canadians or whatever came to mm. came to You're talking the, about in, whatever the indigenous people yeah right know, came, the, yeah the so, real owners of the land <laughs> so like you know they're sort of like you know they basically the people came and like reset the culture and like yeah. And maybe they were leaving that place because they didn't want to stay in the UK or whatever it is, like what, that kind of thing. Yeah. So 
you know, my whole life growing up in, in Canada and just seeing like, well, what is, what is Canadian culture? Part of it was like, well, we don't even know what Canadian culture is. Like there's, we're nice. And that's all we kind of really have. Like and hockey and hockey. Yeah. You love hockey and you love beer. <laughs> like, yeah. is that it? Like, that's not a culture. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> other, other places with like deep history, they have a his like a, history of art they have a lot of them have their own cultural dances and like you know north america uh native americans uh first nations people like they all have that they all have their own art their own dances that they did and things like that and like so a lot of times when i think about north america and like its perception towards dance it's a lot of like well, we just think of it as like dances for dancers. That's what a dancer does. It's like, if you want to be, do dance, you become a uh, ballerina or you, you, you become like a yeah, studio hip hop dancer, but it's not about like, or a commercial dancer or a commercial yeah, yeah. dancer. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like, you know, uh, and it's less about dance, just being a part of the culture and something that people do, which is what you kind of see in like, um, like South America or, you know, every once in a while I'll see someone post, you know, these people like dancer friends or whatever, they'll post something from some random like African country. And it's just people out in the freaking streets and they're just like vibing, you know, like it's like, it's, it's in them like culturally to just move because that's like, they grew up surrounded by it or whatever. It like, it's just part of something that people do there. And yeah. like, that's not a thing in North America for most people, I think. It's like in school, you have a school dance, but it's like, what do I even do? Okay, uh, you just, I don't know, you like do the pointy <laughs> dance or something like that. You don't even know what to do. There's no scent, there's no like culture around it. And like, yeah. you know, we learned like square dancing in, in, in PE or something like that. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> How is this relevant yeah. to anyone? Like, so, you know, my thinking is you focus on like the competition and that kind of thing. But to come back to what you were saying about the judging and judging being like breaking is inherently like it's an artistic thing. Like, you can't, if you put points, point values, or things like that, you, you can't get away from it being subjective. I think and even stuff that's that's objective like basketball and this kind of thing you get to that point where it's like well was that a foul or wasn't it a foul like you have the objective thing of like the ball went in the hoop and that's a point but there's there's subjective things like in did i yeah did i get it did i get fouled did i not get fouled? yeah like did i get hit like how much leeway do you have like and you see that especially in like probably even in basketball but you see it a lot in hockey where there's the regular season officiating and then there's the playoff season officiating and it's way more lenient things are you'll see things like certain things that people get away with that they could never get away with in the regular season and it's like well that's like that's the human factor and like the subjectivity of it but then you take something like breaking where it's like all personal (laughs) preference like yeah you have that foundation that that it's built off of but like yeah how do you how do you judge someone like 
Heat Rock versus uh, I don't know who's the B Boy Bark or something, Pocket or something like that. Like yeah, 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 you know, like you can't really say that like what Pocket is doing isn't isn't creative and and artistic in its own way or whatever. Like it's he's he's doing what he does. Or like someone like Ivan, you know, he would he would just like flip around and do stuff or whatever, right? But that's like his. He even mentions it in like I think it's in his like solo dvd or whatever <laughs> dvd oh man dated myself there <laughs> but you know he's no, like he's yeah, like yeah. i if i if i want to flip and tumble like that's my that's my way of of breaking ex- of breaking like you know yeah. and it's kind of like who are you to say that that's not right like that's his way of expressing like that kind of thing and yeah and i mean so, Right. Let, let me just sorry <laughs> it's a long time no no go ahead part. no you're hitting a lot of good points so like but uh like, oh. yeah so like just one of the things that i've been thinking about a lot over the years is when you emphasize when you put that emphasis on like competitions and stuff like you're you can't get away from that that point of like it's subjective and people aren't going to agree on things no matter how I think making it trans more transparent and you see a bit more of like why they made the decisions that they made and being more clear about what they're judging things on. That's all great, but you're never really, I don't know how you could get away from the fact that it's like, it's like being a food critic. It's like, I like Thai food over Japanese food, but someone might like Japanese food over Thai food. You can take the same yeah. dish and be like, that's better to me. Preference. That's better to me. Yeah. And it's like, what did you grow up on? What are your preference? Like you said, preferences, right? And so, like yeah, in my opinion, like the real solution—I don't know—I'm not some like mastermind or whatever. This is just what I think. But <laughs> like, the real solution is to just get people back into understanding dance as just something that they do, and it's not yeah. about if you're a dance. If you do dance, you're a dancer, and you're this athletic god or whatever i don't know whatever kind of thing or you're an artist and you're doing this it's like no it's just something that you do and it's a social thing and it's something that brings people together and it's something that people can enjoy together and like that's kind of what we tried to do with something like floor horseman was was blend that that competition and the excitement of competitions without having to be like okay and we're judging and then this person moves on and this guy and the focus is on like it's more like just the show and like hey appreciate this this aspect of the culture and of the of what we do and just have the excitement of like watching two people go at it yeah and uh but then the main part of most of the event is just music people getting together having fun enjoying music enjoying dance and like and i always say this too like I don't think those those events would have been the way they were without having people that like soldiers. I don't know if you know soldiers are, but like I know soldiers. Yeah, it was like this for anyone who doesn't know. It was this dance company that that was <laughs> in Vancouver, and it's like a tr- like a training company, I guess. So like they teach you the foundations <laughs> of all these different dances, but not this only not just. Not what Rena told me, but okay. Well, it's like. <laughs> Like it, it was, it leaned quite heavily on performance stuff and, and getting you ready to be an industry dancer. But I don't yeah, think yeah. anyone who was a part of it 
And I think if you ask Rena this, like she can't deny that there's a lot that she took away from that as far as just foundation of what is dance. Yeah. Because they learned stuff from like all, like so many people and, and they learned not just, okay, how, what's the foundation of breaking, but they learned like social dances and what's the foundation of just like dancing and grooving and this kind of thing. And I would see them like, I think that's one thing that made, I don't know about now, but that's one thing that made Vancouver so special. Like when I was kind of still around there, I guess, uh, like five, six well, years I ago. I think that's why in Vancouver specifically, there's such a strong melting pot of different styles. Mm. Like this is one of the few cities I would say that there's a meeting place, obviously Robson Square, um, which since the pandemic is not looking so great, but that's a different story. Um, anyways, it is like where all the dancers go uh, in this in the street dance community, and like the exposure um, for a b boy to see a popper, to see a locker, to see um, you know a hip hop dancer, um, just like grooving, getting down, whatever. Uh, I think having something like Soldiers that introduces that and creates like a, a training regimen to be actively looking at other styles um kind of like moved the community here uh in more of like a i hate saying all styles but i'm gonna say it here all styles uh, community where everybody is coming together and hanging out partying having a good time social dancing having cyphers whatever the case is um, if you go to other places, that's not so prominent. You know, there's yeah. b-boy practices here. Um, there might be like uh, Vogue classes at the studio, whatever the case is. It's not like everyone is here. You see everyone. You're kind of forced to interact or not interact with people. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I think I really and, think of that as like just it's real community like it's it's yeah. dance community it's not just a breaking yeah. community of popping community a house community it's like you have those separate things but then there's the overall thing and i think Van vancouver street dance festival is always like a great representation of that and i think it's a that's it's like a, such a great thing to show to the public and yes. like yes. I love the fact that it's free. It's outdoor in this public space that every it's so easy to access in a, that anyone can just go and just like, check it out. And every year you, we see Robson square is like packed with people uh, just checking out what the stuff that we do. And like, it's a great way to just showcase it to people. And yeah, they, they do have the battles as a thing to, for people to watch, but they, they do a good, job of like giving having the time for people to just like have fun and dance and you really see it at the yeah. end of every vancouver street dance festival when they finish and they're just kind of like winding down and there's just music playing and everyone's just dancing and like i see all the yeah. people that i know are dancers and you just see random people who are just having fun and like 
moving and enjoying what what's going on and like it definitely has a, a lot of that like party party atmosphere and not like drinking getting drunk and uh, we're, we're partying kind yeah of, yeah but like party, celebration yeah, party kind of party. Everything. yeah yeah it's like celebrating the dance and the thing is like since it's in such a public space you don't know who you're inspiring there could be a kid walking by and they just hear music or they you know see a crowd of people and then they go and see it and then all of a sudden they're like yo what is that and then they end up falling in love with, you know, a, a dance style or dancing in general, yeah. you know, like yeah. that's, that's real culture. Uh, that's like, like you said, like your example of like in Africa, people would just go out and dance. Well, I mean, this is kind of like the same thing when we yeah. have uh, Vancouver street dance. And I mean, yeah, I know there's categories and I kind of, not to like nitpick on the subject because I don't even think there should be categories. I think it should just be a celebration, but I think that's what sparks interest to get people outside of Vancouver, as far as dancers to come to Vancouver yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and share. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the last, the last one that they did, uh, what, 2019, like, I didn't even enter the everyone expected me to enter the breaking bell. I didn't even enter the breaking bell. I entered oh yeah, that's entered right. Hip hop. <laughs> I entered hip hop and locking. You know what I'm saying? And Did you enter locking? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, Firelock was judging, and I, I was giving Firelock a hard, hard time, and I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna do it." And then I entered. I didn't, he didn't pick me though. <laughs> I didn't Bias. Make it, but you it know, was, he needs to be more transparent with his judging and blah blah blah. I'm just no, <laughs> I'm just I, I, I I take it back. I I didn't, I I did hip hop. No, no, hold up. I did hip hop. I did locking and I did the house competition because uh, Toyin was also there, and I didn't make. I I made top eight and hip hop, and I lost to Mega Man. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like what the way i perceive that jam is like yo you know i'm gonna enter these and like i can understand if some people look at it as disrespect to their their practice or whatever but no one saw it that way because it was again a celebration of dance i went in there and i had fun and you know whatever happened happened that's that and yeah like <laughs> it I, I don't even care about the categories um in that example to mm -hmm. for that jam like i just i just enjoyed being there yeah yeah like uh again it comes to me it always comes back to the the social aspect and it's just a fun thing to go to and then and just experience and enjoy and like that's it that's all there is to it like competitions can be they have their their good points and stuff and like some people enjoy it, but I think if that's the only thing that you enjoy from an event, like you're missing out on this huge part. That's, uh, yeah, that's really big. Um, uh, you want to, did you have something to say? <laughs> I, I was just going to say like, you know, I, I agree. Cause you hit so many points. Like <laughs> you kind of went down this little, yeah, I went on this now. little ramp, but you know, it's, it's cool though, because like, um, you know, there's a lot of things that you touched on, like how it's not really in the culture or what is Canadian culture or what is, you know, 
uh, North American culture. You know, let's just be a little bit more broad. Yeah. And the thing is, like, that's such a complicated subject because, like, you know, everyone can tell you the history of hip hop because, you know, it's written online. You can Google it. Um, you can have OGs tell you the story, whatever the case is. And that was the beginning of a culture that came from something, right? Um, in the States, you know, but the thing is like, that was the starting point. And like, I feel like that is the real authentic like foundation of what, what hip hop, what breaking is. And like, we have to go back to that and understand uh, what, why are we doing this? You know, what is the purpose? And once we understand that, that's when we can start really um, solidifying our um, interpretation of the culture and also contributing to the culture. Because like, yo, I ain't, I'm not from New York. You know, how can I relate to, you know, people from New York during these difficult times coming up with, you know, with hip hop, with breaking, with all of it. But I know my life, right? And I know that when I found hip hop, it saved me from doing, you know, whatever else, but also it sparked something inside me yeah. to allow myself to express myself. So I need to contribute my culture into breaking. So what am I into? And then I need to share that. And that's when you, you network with people and you meet people that are like-minded and then it becomes like this, um, this, this thing that just keeps growing. And mm -hmm. now, the culture of hip hop is is uh, is so diverse. It's so different than what it was in the beginning. Like, you know, hip hop is touched so many different aspects of the world. But the thing is, like, going back to like my concern is like, you know, we're going in this circle. We're like running in this circle, and we're never going to get out of this uh, up and down situation where it's like, oh breaking is popular and now it's not popular um and i unfortunately i hate saying this because <laughs> i really it's not about money it's never about money it's about the culture of it but unfortunately what moves people is the finance and when you see like us going to these big jams get sponsorships get breaking get exposure we have to take those as opportunities to then reinvest it in the culture mm -hmm. to make it even um, bigger and not go back into like a, a situation where it devolves, right? Mm -hmm. um, but everyone, you're fighting against so many different egos in this situation where people just want to get paid, where, you know, people just want to be famous, whatever yeah. the case is, as yeah. opposed to how can we make this bigger now? How can we make sure all of us get paid? How can yeah. we make sure that like, as dancers, we're taken care of? Like, mm -hmm. yo, in the States, we don't have free healthcare. Here in Canada, it's great. You get healthcare. Dancers get hurt more likely than people walking down the street, right? Mm -hmm. We do like, especially breaking. Again, the entry point for breaking is very physical and a lot of athleticism. You know, but in the states where it originated from, if I if I have to go to the ER or if I have to go to the hospital, yo, yeah. that's like 20, 30 grand. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> is it is it worth me going to the hospital if like 
I dislocate my shoulder and I just have to like, I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to pop it in myself. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, I hate using the word foundation because I'm not talking about it in this, you know, in the dance way, but there's no foundation for us to build a house to go even taller. Like mm-hmm. we just keep building the foundation and then breaking it down what? or we'll build the foundation and then we'll move on. We never, we never grow um, to a point where like, okay, now as a dancer, I have healthcare uh, or I have financial support. You know, so, some people are like, yo, I want to be a professional dancer. And like you said, what does that mean? Is being a commercial dancer? Is being like a, a hip hop studio dancer? And it's like, no, I'm going to be a professional B-boy. Well, that ain't going to pay the bills. But see, that shouldn't be the situation. It should be able to pay the bills. Because back then when kids wanted to be a rapper, they, you couldn't pay the bills, but now kids be a rapper and they're famous and you know, do all this stuff and make hit records, they're making money and they have a team of like 50 plus people that they support. We need to be a dancers. Like if there's a famous dancer that has this much um, fame and power, right, right. they should be able to be like, I need X, Y, and Z. And so I can support 50 plus people, you know, bring us all up yeah, so yeah. that we can start building higher and higher. Yeah. Like uh, to even go into the technology term uh, situation, like a lot of people um, not too long ago had an issue with like uh, video games taking dance moves, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like how many video games you've seen people do flares and windmills and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, who copyrights it and who gets paid for it? In comparison to a, a song, if there's a song that's on a video game, there are rights and there mm-hmm. are, like, people getting paid off of that song, you know, going into that game. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we don't have anything like that, and that's the problem. And we are, uh, we are financially poor uh, compared to the music side of hip-hop. You know, like, culturally, we're rich, Maybe we're like also a little bit lost because a lot of people feel breaking Olympics way versus breaking as an artist is the way. Maybe we're too enriched in that, but we're financially poor and we're not um, empowering ourselves. Maybe because, again, going back to us being lazy or whatever you want to call it, but we don't have the financial backing to be like, yo we need to get paid you instead of like for example Fortnite saying hey dean i want you to do this uh recording you know we're gonna do a body recording for you your footwork we'll give you uh five grand you'd be like wow five grand that's great do i get any rights though you know do i gain royalties like what do you mean you get royalties you know i'd rather take two grand and five percent of royalties of all your video games that you sell because like that's going to be more lucrative in the long run. And then I can also support other people. That's the problem I'm seeing as I get older, because I, again, like going back to even in the beginning where we were talking about Oro, Oro is like a combination, a collective of all these different street styles going into a theater world, which is a scary situation because in the theater world is kind of like the quote unquote professional dancers, contemporary, modern, jazz, uh, ballet. And it's insane how they get paid. 
like you go to a ballet, first of all, who are your clients? You have a lot of rich, rich people buying those tickets, but those dancers are getting paid, you know, much more than a street dance show, right? Whereas you have a street dance show where a kid is busking and yeah, you make a few dollars. Sometimes you make a lot of money too, but it's a gamble. You're not guaranteed you're going to sell out the theater because you're not in a theater, you're on the street. So I'm in between these two worlds where I'm like, the, the financial support is here as a ballet dancer. Why am I not a ballet dancer? Well, I love breaking. I want to do this. I want to break. Ballet dancers, they do their dance and like they do it for their life and they, you know, have some kind of like financial support for them. I'm seeing that and I'm like, well, I break and I love it and I want financial support from that. How is that different from that? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like how, how is it they're okay with that? because their clientele is the rich and wealthy. I'm like, yo, I've seen some modern pieces, some contemporary pieces and they're trash. Like, I'm not even trying to like, yo man, like I'm seeing someone sitting on like a chair and they're like crying for like 20 minutes. I'm like, are you serious? Like, this isn't, Yeah. I'm busting yeah. my, I'm busting, I'm busting my ass and like, I'm getting like $5 and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're over here selling out the house and you're getting like you know a salary and mm. um, I'm the ones with uh, the bruises and the cuts so I'm just like I'm, I'm I I want to shine a light on breaking as being more me personally as a, an art form and I think that's the route that's going to financially empower breaking because it's going to propel it into like that theater world. Because mm -hmm. I notice a lot of the people in that audience, they're not looking for you to, to tell you what they're doing, what you're doing. Like, um, I'm not being literal with my dance. Yeah. I'm being an artist. I'm interpreting, you know, the music, I'm interpreting the, the ambience, the feeling, the emotions, whatever it is. And I'm expressing it in my dance. Like, I'm not going to tell you what I feel. The yeah. purpose of my dance is to invoke emotion and expression from my expression, to evoke an emotion from you. And then you interpret it however you want to. And then that's art. That's how you feel. And then we can talk about it. And then like, you know, even I, I know a lot of these things do talkbacks and it's like, I don't even think talkbacks are necessary. Like, I don't even want to tell you like what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. I want you to tell me how you, what you, what you receive, what is the reception? And I could tell you like, yo, you're off or no, that's not what it's about. But that's getting into the deeper, you know, that's breaking has to stop being so surface level. It yeah, has yeah. to, I think it has to get to that theater world in order to be profitable, for it to be sustainable mm. for all the dancers. Yeah, or I, I think like theater is one of, one of those aspects. But I think, you know, it comes back to, yeah, like how, how is breaking or street dance in general, but breaking was like, I guess the biggest 
had that big push in the 80s or whatever and that's that's the public perception that's stuck around is like yeah it's a bunch of tricks you just do a bunch of tricks and stuff and it's like it's a fad yeah. so anyone who does it is like are oh, you still doing that fad right whatever and yeah. you know again to me like the part of the solution is helping to change that public perception of it's not just for dancers it's something that dance is something that people do and and if you can that's how you appeal it to a wider audience to a more general crowd and and you can still have the specialists of i do breaking i do this i do whatever but it's like getting people to appreciate dance out outside of the athleticism or the like what you were talking about of like oh it's just an arts an artist thing like yeah they're doing a they're like crumpling up paper or something like that and then throwing it around <laughs> and like like skipping around and like that's 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 dance or art. something like that it's, it's art, art right like i'm not down with that that's either. pretentious pretentious art. yeah and so you get into that of like it's not accessible to the everyday kind of person like it's gone it's gone into this weird niche area where like but i don't think maybe maybe when we talk about specific styles it's like getting into a niche but what i'm really talking about is just dance in general and that's like something that should appeal to almost everyone in the world <laughs> like like it's you can see it in every culture there's there's yeah like if people anything, like to move if, they like music they want to yeah. move and they want to if you hear any sound like you play any sound with a child they're going to do something yeah they're going to move yeah and i i agree with you uh, dance should be just a, an accessible normal thing yeah um art art in general should be a normalized thing i think like, the problem you, so you see that with like sports though too like sports mm -hmm. is like and you have these things and like not everyone can play sports but it's like everyone knows about sports everyone learns them in yeah. in uh school. school and stuff and like yeah they're on tv and you know that's kind of like chicken or the egg like are they learning about it because it's on tv or did it did they know about it and there was like a culture built up about it and then people wanted to take a chance and put it on tv like that kind of thing like, yeah. i don't know which came first but at the end of the day, there's a there's a in general like a positive public perception of sports and it's healthy competition. It's team. It, it promotes team. Uh, whatever they people can see the benefits <laughs> of of unless it's golf or tennis, that's individual. Yeah, yeah. But even then, like okay, you have you're you have the athleticism and the um, yeah, yeah, yeah competition aspect, which is whatever. And and just and because they've gone so deep you even have things like and chess is like this too where people dive into like the mental like sports psychology is a whole field mm -hmm. that people study and like you know it kind of comes back to what you were saying about like what people do and like bringing giving it back to the community or building a foundation and like yeah in my opinion when you're when we're talking about that foundation it's almost like well we built part of it and then it the thing crumbled and then yeah well, okay well let's try again and we build that same part but we only build part of it we're not building the whole <laughs> thing to support yeah. something that can actually grow and like what we what you were talking about right so yeah. like and it's hard it's it's 
it's hard because like, well, what's the incentive for people to stay and give back to this thing when there's like, it's very unforgiving. Like you put so much time and effort and you, you sometimes get nothing out of it or you don't like, you don't get any, which is, it's an important thing in the world. It's you don't get any like financial return on your investment of time or money yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? There's, yeah, the return on investment as an artist or a dancer, especially a dancer is um, is typically nothing unless you are trying to again be a commercial dancer. The return yeah. on investment is is a different a different thing. I think the problem is uh, sports back then whenever sports got popular or started picking up business people saw that they could make money off of it and then they started uh for example promoting it on radio promoting it on tv promoting it in all these things that can be exposed to the regular people and that's where i think breaking in the olympics can do good for breaking it can be the gateway for yeah, people yeah. to like, yo, what is that? That's crazy. I didn't even know people were still breaking or yeah. like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So it can open the door for them. But the thing is, it just, it feels like you have to convince business people, businesses to be like, oh, we can make money off of dance. So since we can make money off of dance, let's make it a normal thing. Mm -hmm. And the problem is they can't, except for very structured, like ballet is very structured. Like you either good or you're bad and you have to like starve yourself and do all this crazy stuff to be the best ballet dancer. But there is a set foundation in ballet where if you become the best ballet dancer, you can decide, pick and choose whatever you want to do. You are like, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or basketball, you know, like that it's that it's that level of stuff. That needs to translate into our culture, into breaking. And yeah, you gotta have that foundation um, to build the house, right? You've got to stop repeating and keep building the same foundation over and over and then stopping, like you were saying. Because every time we stop and it recesses, like it just, it takes us back 20 years. And then next time it takes us back 30 years. And it's like, yo, what's the point? It's yeah. just, it's heartbreaking when you, when you mm -hmm. think about it that way. And then that's when I start, I start looking at theater and ballet and, all these other performers um, in contemporary and modern that are pretty successful. And I'm not saying successful as in, um, you know, they're millionaires and make a bunch of money. I'm saying successful as in they are building a culture that normalizes dancing. They're successful in people normalizing this as arts and culture. And it's important enough to invest money in it because the return on investment is we become higher beings we you know it invokes thought it makes yeah. us think about things yeah. and internalize it allows us to be existential about our own thoughts and feelings mm -hmm. like they are successful in showing that 
to the people with the pockets, the people with the money, so that they can support the dancers. Mm-hmm. Breaking is always looking at the, the the dollar in front of them, and then the whoever is the OG or whoever feels like they need to get paid and they've been in the game long enough, the ego kicks in and they're like, yo, I'm gonna cash out, peace, you know? And that's the problem is like, we're always shortchanging ourselves like yeah. as, a, as a culture. <laughs> and it's like, it's because the culture itself comes from poverty. It comes from nothing. So we, with so, it's so hard when you have nothing and someone, you know, is holding a dollar in front of your face to not want to take it, as opposed yeah. to be like, I can give you this dollar now, or I can give you that billion dollars twenty years from now. You may not get it, but the culture will get it. Are you yeah. okay with that? That's the hard part, right? That's the ego part. Are you willing to sacrifice for the for the benefit of to maybe are you willing not even to sacrifice to you. build something for the future? You yeah. might not get it, but the people that come after you will benefit from it and that's a hard thing to do i think for or a hard pill to swallow i think it it, is a hard ask i think is the thing and when people have lived a long life there's a couple things that happen where like you're older you have some wisdom and you see the bigger picture and you want to be like yeah i do want to do that i actually would rather take the billion dollars for the next two generations after me or I'm an old bitter dancer, didn't get paid my whole life, always had to scrap. And I'm like, I'm gonna get this payout and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna live, you know, last 10 years of my life and be out. Mm. And like, that's the thing. It's like, it's either this or that. And it's like, yeah. man, yeah, I get it. I We can get pretty philosophical with this though. Cause like that kind of thing, like, you know, I think about it too with like this was something that I was really into like last year, a couple of years ago. Uh last year especially was um just yeah, like yeah, what makes people do the things they do and and why people will sacrifice, you know, they'll take less money to do something because they believe in it or whatever. And like, you know this kind of thing of what you what we're talking about of like people maybe taking that financial hit to benefit the future generations or something like that is like kind of like what is your what is your goal or what is what is bringing you some sense of like meaning i guess in what you're doing like fulfillment what is that fulfillment coming from is it coming from uh you know financial gain and you can support yourself and like that's totally fine but maybe that's kind of like short term you know once that money's gone like you said you got to do it again and you got to do it again but if you're or not or even or even not even you have to do it again but the next generation will have to do it again yeah yeah something like that right but if you if you it's kind of like there's this book called uh, the denial of death and just one of the things that it gets into is just like this idea of of humans wanting to be live forever in some sense whether it's physically and they they you know research how become to, immortal 
become like <laughs> bionic or something like that or just yeah trying yeah. to cheat death or whether it's they're them putting themselves into some project that that whether good or bad there's you know different kinds of being immortalized um yeah yeah, yeah. but but legacy. you know that's that's it's one thing yeah creating a legacy right so if you're willing to do that and you believe in it strongly enough like maybe that whether you succeed or fail or not is a different thing but that can give your life meaning and that can give your life purpose and and something to to move towards rather than and it's kind of coming back to a bit of that like chaos and order of like you don't need to be like this is the only thing that i can do but it's like hey that's something that's guiding me and and it's moving my life forward and it it feels right to to move towards that it's better than just like well i don't know what to do or like you just don't do it so that you don't do anything nothing matters nothing is nothing is important like or i don't even know what's important so i just won't do anything like that's that's like horrible <laughs> <In my opinion. laughs> it's better to kind of like do something and and figure it out along the way and adapt it as it goes and, and you can figure it out and see if it's right or wrong and shift but yeah it's like yeah i think it's are people about... willing to sacrifice to to yeah create that to, for the bigger picture yeah. Like, are you willing to, you know, I, but the thing is like, I guess I'll play devil's advocate. Like the common thing that happens towards the end of like a dancer's career is like, you know, you're bitter. You're just like that, that bitter old dancer that never won anything, never got fame, never got the notoriety, et cetera, et cetera. And so like all those negative things that hit you Mm -hmm. um, because uh, maybe you have a sense of regret or a sense of failure. Because again, our measurement of success is three, two, one, and three judges you telling you you either yeah. win or you lose, right? Yeah. Like on an interpretive, um, very subjective, um, you know, form of dance. Dance in general is subjective, but with breaking also having. Uh, a very loose loosely foundation to just be kind of like shattered over and over when you don't win those competitions or you don't find mm -hmm. yourself being successful how can you not just turn around and be like yo i'm gonna get paid yeah you know screw you because you never supported me you know that's the i guess the devil's advocate is like yeah. the angry bitter answers that feel like they've been slighted are now sliding the previous generation but to me like that comes down to it's kind of one of the reasons why i made this recent video about like why why do people dance why do you dance like what's your reason and i think that's something that you know when you get to if if you get to those points where you feel like you've been slighted that you didn't or you didn't make it or you didn't whatever whatever you keep losing these mm -hmm. things like part of that yeah is like well maybe i'm not as good as i think i am but also part of it is like well maybe i need to shift my my priority shift my focus and and then maybe i i can enjoy what i'm doing and and that's like not a dance thing that's like anything like you work a quote unquote shit job and you are struggling to pay your bills well maybe it's because the job is shit and maybe it doesn't pay enough but also maybe it's the lifestyle that you're living that's outside of your means and maybe that's the yeah. thing that's got to change or you know it's 
the attitude that you have towards it of like, like there's a great book that I recommend to anyone that's called Drive, the reason why we do what we do or something like that. I can't remember, but it's good. It's a, <laughs> what a great intro to the book. And eh, something like that. <laughs> like it, that's the title. I can't remember exactly what the subtitle is. <laughs> but but you know, they, they get into that kind of thing of like what brings people satisfaction and like flow. This is kind of how I discovered the, the book about flow, like the book flow uh, is, is this kind of thing um, that someone can, can work some menial job that someone else might just look down on, on because it doesn't have that same status, but they can potentially be more fulfilled from that job just because of their, their attitude towards it, their mental approach towards it. And, and it's like, it's that kind of thing of like, well, happiness, what brings you happiness? What brings you fulfillment is really relative. And like part of what makes us so interesting is like we create our, it's, it's getting into, sorry, it gets into like philosophy and stuff. It's like, we're creating our own realities of what, what we, what's enjoyable for us and what's not enjoyable. And, 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 it's it's all in our our perception of things and all in our uh the way that our mental images of what's important and what's not and those things are totally malleable and and they can shift and change over time and and you should look back and 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 address things that or reevaluate things and that kind of thing and obviously there's some things that are horrible like getting I don't know, like shot or something like that. Like that's, that sucks, <laughs> right? That's a, objectively a bad thing. But this is the weird thing is like, you can get, you can have something horrible like that happen or someone can grow up poor and that can be something that they use as fuel to shift them into. Yeah, exactly. And like, it, it goes back to what you're saying, like perception, because like terrible example, but you know, if someone got shot yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> the perception... Obviously, the perception of that at that time is terrible. And if you survive that and then like it shifts your mindset, it shifts your perception. Your perception is like, oh, I can go. I need to go 100%. I need to go at any time I can. You know, yeah. I can't just I have to live life at my fullest. Mm -hmm. I, I almost lost everything. So yeah. it could change your perception of like what life really means to you. And yeah. you can value life more in that you know in that terrible example no, but it's, yeah <laughs> it's true though yeah i just i just i feel like um a lot of times when people find breaking uh there there's an introduction of glamour and glitz that everyone mm -hmm. likes and that athleticism mm -hmm. and that's great and then a lot of times we also find breaking at a young age so mm -hmm. we're, we're pretty immature you know like you know, we, our reasoning for breaking is, is probably like very young. Mm -hmm. So then like when we get older and we learn more, it's always a good time to recalibrate and to evaluate, okay, mm -hmm. why am I still dancing? Do yeah. I love dancing? Or yeah. what is, what drives me and what, what motivates me to keep dancing? Mm -hmm. And then it's nice to do that every few years because like, you know, you know, I haven't told a lot of people this, but like a few years back, it's like, 
I, I hate every time I went to a, a jam, like I hate break jams. They're boring. And then mm-hmm. like, it made me hate breaking. I didn't even like breaking it for a while because like it was redundant. It was the same. Yeah. It was surface level. It was, it was bullshit. Like it was all a facade veneer. There was no content, no context for feeling and emotion anymore. So then I was getting real bitter and I kind of like just stepped back and like, I was like, I don't even want to enter competitions. I kind of just want to go. I want to support, still support everyone that still goes, you know, uh, pay my entry fee, try to help the, the people throwing the jams and all that stuff. But for me, I was finding um, just moving, uh, uh, dance, motion, movement, um, not even putting a label on it. Mm-hmm. uh was more enjoyable and it's like listening to different types of music like just being completely open to like random like theater music to ambient music to lo-fi yeah. music to yeah. you know everything classical music like i was just listening to things and i would just move according to how i felt and um it was bringing that nostalgic feeling of when I first found breaking. And then that's where like, I had, again, a situation where it's like, I had to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. Why, why do I like breaking? Why do I love yeah. breaking? Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's something that also needs to be an educational piece where you tell, you know, like, imagine if you're teaching a kid that's five and then at, at 10, 12, years old you know he's about to hit puberty his like he's going to start maturing you know you have to teach or educate that kid to evaluate and be like yo do you still want to do this do you like breaking do you like dancing and if so why write it down you know like or Mm -hmm. talk about it whatever the case is and then another 10 years or another five years do the same thing and then it's like you create a roadmap of like your mind's attitude towards a passion and uh you don't you don't get lost in the uh the politics of breaking the the purpose of like if breaking should be an olympics or if it shouldn't be because you know you're centered you know why you're dancing it doesn't even matter Mm -hmm. it's like i could be like yo breaking olympics is whack i don't even care because i am at peace with what breaking means to me people that get emotional and they, you know, they want to like rant about whatever. It's like, okay, stop and pause real quick and evaluate with yourself. Like, why are you so passionate about again or against breaking going in this direction? Yeah. Um, and if you can't answer that for yourself, then it's like, well, I feel like you don't even, you shouldn't even be saying anything. Because again, the ones that are pushing it in that direction are actually making moves. Movers and shakers are making the moves to go into that direction. And you're sitting here complaining. You complaining because of your ego, because you can't win? Or you complain because you don't even know what you want to do with breaking? Yeah. Or it's not even about winning, but it's like you're not, you're not the person that's sitting at t- the table making the decisions or something like that yeah that kind of like you're you're not in the picture you're not the protagonist or you're the yeah. antagonist or but again it comes back to that like ego thing character. exactly like again it comes back to ego and perception 
Mm. So your perception is like, oh, I'm the main character of this story and I'm supposed to be the winner of this jam at X, Y, and Z. And it's like, guess what? You can't even win a local jam. So you ain't the main character. So now you're feeling sad and you don't even know what to do. And then you gotta self-evaluate and be like, okay, am I breaking because I just want this fame? Or because I have this silly idea that I am like, as you know, a hero main character in this story? Or do I really love breaking and it doesn't even matter? Yeah, or, or do I got to humble myself and, and actually put in some work to get better or, or learn more or, or something? Am, yeah. Or I'm just whack and I need yeah, or, to step yeah, back. You know, you know some, sometimes that's what it is. But yeah. And it's, and it's okay to be whack. It's yeah. like, it's okay to not be good. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is you have to be happy. Mm-hmm. that's that's the thing i think is more important yeah you know you could be the wackest dancer but if you're happy hey man yeah well that's that's the sense of real community it's like it's kind of right now if you're in the community you're at this certain level of breaking or something like that and really it should just be like yo you love breaking too that's dope like and let's share in this yeah. circle and like Oh, maybe, maybe the person's kind of whack. Like, oh, hey, let me show you something like, or something like that. Like that's, that's where, that's like where this real community and like actual culture comes in. It's kind of what you were talking about before of just like breaking is sometimes just so surface level and it's like, yeah. no one digs deeper. No one, everyone's just concerned about like, who's winning the competition, who created this move or who the style or something like that. And it's like, no one wants to dig a little deeper, go deeper and, and create real understanding and real culture and things that, and, and then even take the time to pass that on, pass that knowledge on. And that's how you get real prog progress is like building on the previous knowledge. And like, that's real culture. That's like ideas and, and stories and things that get passed on generation from generation. And like, when you're too focused on just this surface level of that's my move or something like that, or, or so-and-so won this or, competition. Or, like, or I, I'm too good. I'm too good. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't need like, your advice. Yeah. I need your advice. Like, you know, it's hilarious when I went, when I hear the thing of like, always be a student. Cause it's, I feel like there's just so few people that actually live that. <laughs> and it, but it's such a th- oh, yeah. big thing in, in the breaking community it's like you hear everyone say it but i feel like so many people don't follow that you know yeah but i mean even if like you find someone that loves breaking and you're just like oh that's dope you know or let's cipher or let's get down Mm -hmm. i even feel like even if they get down and they're whack i even feel like i don't even who am i to judge like yo do your thing yeah, yeah. Like if you, if you feel like you're trash and you bring it up and you ask me for something or ask for input, then I'll give you my input. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, it's like, I'm not even going to interject on whatever you spasm out over there and having a good time. Like who am I to say, yeah, yo yeah. bro, that's not breaking. That's... Like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the gatekeeper to like what people feel. Yeah. Like that's, that's part of the, the ego thing too, of like, when I when I come back to that idea of like dance as a 
as a culture that people understand and whatever. And like, you know, this kind of mentality is probably just always going to exist of just people dealing with their own ego and, and their own sense of self and whatever. But, you know, when you see someone like, it's kind of funny, like, those moments when someone just lets go, whether they know how to dance or not, like, but when you see those moments of someone just letting go, like, that's a really special thing. And it's like what you said, like, who, who am I to really clown on them for doing that? Like, that's such a, like, if, are they having, are they enjoying themselves? Are they enjoying the music and they're moving? Damn, that's pretty, that's pretty cool thing. And like, that's actually really hard to do because they're at a point where they don't maybe know that they look maybe goofy or whatever. They're just letting go and having fun. And that's so pure and so uncommon that so many people that are dancers, like you've built up this idea of what it's supposed to be like. And it's so hard to really just let go and move in a more pure way and free way. And that's what coming back to like what Ramayan said of like, I just want to be free. That's, that's what freedom is like is is free from judgment free from whatever people telling you it's supposed to be like this or yourself telling you telling yourself what it's supposed to be like and just moving freely that's true freedom like and that's so hard to do well it's it's funny too because like it's hard to do it's hard and it's not hard to do Well, well, no, it's hard to do. And it's when you see like a novice or someone who doesn't really break and you see that is in that moment. And let's say they just don't have the foundation and they don't have, you know, whatever beginning pieces to put together. um, Something that's understandable as breaking you still see the spark you still see yeah, like yeah, oh yeah. shit he's vulnerable he's being his most honest self and it is it's magical moment mm-hmm. those are the same moments that all of us try to get when yeah. we're in a cypher when we're yeah. in a battle when we're in yeah. a competition so like when i see someone who doesn't know shit about breaking and have that honest moment i'm like yo i actually i want that when I hear this song. So it's going back to Mm -hmm. like, again, we box ourselves in where I'm like, hey, I wanna be free, but I can't be free because I keep building up this structure and my, you know, putting myself in a box. When in fact, when I first got into dancing is like just letting go, just like this kid or whoever. Yeah. And just like letting them express themselves and then just being, I, I actually just get envious. Like when they have those moments, I'm like, God, oh, man, like I, <laughs> I want that. I want yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You don't understand. Like sometimes you get in your own head and you, you, you can't find it anymore. You can't find those magical moments. Mm-hmm. Those are like gems and you just, you always want to cherish them. So that's why, like, even when I see people bug out and like, they may not, have the structure understanding or breaking but mm-hmm. i see the purity and the honesty and authenticity of themselves i'm just like yeah it's fresh i don't even care yeah um that might be a good spot to to put a bookmark in it and we'll, we'll come back to this at some other point but uh 
yeah i really appreciate you taking the time and and chatting yeah yeah and, for sure uh, sharing your thoughts oh, are we stuff. still are we still live yo what? yeah yeah i see there's some some patreon only stuff that we're gonna do after just for a bit if you have time uh but yeah, the yeah, podcast we're just gonna like cut it here yeah if people want to you know get that extra patreon stuff you know just come support the support the oh, channel support the podcast and 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 support <laughs> support uh, ash's patreon and and what he's doing is he's his blog uh, medium and stuff like that and whatever everything else i i i moved off medium oh did you so like yeah it's all on my own website so like oh uh, nice yeah i do i do my own blogs and my own writing on there and a a lot of that is more in depth not just like it it, a lot of it's based around dancing but it's also more as like as a person you know yeah i've read some of your stuff yeah you know i'm trying to like i'm trying to spark people to think a little bit deeper yeah you know um just get more cerebral about like life and all that stuff. it's necessary and especially in breaking like we said it's very surface yeah, level yeah. um but anyway uh yeah if you want to let people know like where they can find you and, and support if you, whatever oh yeah yeah so if all of you guys leave this patreon and just join mine <laughs> no i'm just <laughs> hey as long as someone's getting nah. supported i don't care no, no, real talk. There's actually uh, we have some crossover. We we have like some similar supporters. So like, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, like you know, thank you for supporting me, and also Dean. Um, but yeah, I'm on Patreon. Um, I do a lot more writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do videos as well. Um, I'm not touching the podcast. I'm gonna let Dean kind of like take over that area for breaking. I just like talking, so. <laughs> I don't like the sound of my voice, but I'm trying to get better at it. So you get used um, to it. But yeah, I'm at you know, my, my thing's just complexbreaks.com. Uh, you can find me on complex ash on all my handles, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, like stuff like this is really important. Like you said, documenting um, and taking advantage of the technology we have to to have this history to pass down to other generations. It's really important um cool well yeah hopefully sometime down the road we can do this again i feel like yeah you went you know some people you talk to and they're you just it doesn't flow as smoothly it's not necessarily surface level maybe you just don't know them that well or you're just not as comfortable with them and you can't get as deep but yeah you're one of the people that i feel fortunate enough to know on a i deeper level i guess and we can talk about these or maybe we're just similar in, the, in what we're interested in because like we were talking I, I think for almost a, three hours i think yeah, or, yeah. Or something <laughs> like that or two and a half or i don't know i i i know that like sometimes i tend to uh uh talk people's ears off too because like um, <laughs> I, I i know i did a podcast uh with someone from here and uh we didn't even we weren't even talking about podcasts. He was just asking he was just asking me questions about breaking. We were just talking and then he's like, yo, this conversation's crazy. <laughs> you want to do a podcast, you know, and it'd be really great. Yeah. yeah. It's just something that I'm really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because it's like 
you know, the surface level cool moves or like the fact that I've been doing it for so long. But um, I don't know, it's just like my mental well-being. Like, um, like breaking a lot of times is like saved my sanity in a lot of yeah. uh, different 100% situations. 100% know that yeah. firsthand experience. So it's, yeah, man, it's like, it's something that's, uh, I think people are maybe a little bit hesitant to talk about or like maybe don't know how to talk about it because everyone gets kind of like stuck on like, you know, the moves. But um, this these deeper conversations, I think, is what starts elaborating and really talking about culture and mm -hmm. what, the, what it means for a lot of us, especially in our generation, right? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, anyway, so we'll, we'll cut it there. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Or if you're watching, thanks for watching. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you later. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. Once again, thank you for listening, and look forward to the next one. Peace. Peace.